Amen. Thank you, ladies. Great job. Great thought. Great song. Go ahead. Get in your Bible, if you would, please, to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible with you, there is one near you. It's got a hard black cover. We'll be on page 778, page 778, John chapter 1. On Sunday mornings, we have been working our way through a series on great truths communicated with simple words. Remember, profound things are best understood by most of us when they're communicated through the vehicle of simplicity. When someone communicates complex things to us with difficult words, we often misunderstand them or at times do not understand them at all. But God makes sure the things that are the most important to him are communicated to us simply. In fact, he very often repeats the things that are most important to him so that we would additionally understand just how important they are. And as you know, by this time, several months ago, I took from a list of 916 verses in our Bible where all the words in that verse are one-syllable words with the exception of a name and a number, and put together uh, this Sunday morning series. Last Sunday morning, we talked about the hope we have in Christ. And in the simplest terms, God made sure that we know there is always hope available in Him, hope thou in God. We talked about those who are not yet saved having no hope in this world. We talked about the hope that God gives believers through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures. And we talked about the blessed hope for which we look, the glorious return of the Lord Jesus Christ in the clouds for true believers. Today, we venture into the subject of life. Where does life come from? How can we find life while we are yet alive? Now, there are a lot of people who think life rose up from a chemical reaction of non-living elements, but that's an unscientific, illogical, and unattractive past. In addition to that, there are a lot of people who are alive, but they haven't really found life. And I think I echo the view of the great majority of people here. I want to live while I'm alive. Many people haven't heard the name Theodore Giesel. And I assume that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, He started out with a dream, a dream of writing children's books. Unfortunately, the first 21 publishers rejected the work he submitted to them. Nobody wanted to take a chance on this unique, uh, almost wacky stories and illustrations of an unknown author. Finally, he found a friend who conceded to give Giesel a try, and though most of us are not familiar with the name Theodore Giesel, we are familiar with his pen name, Dr. Seuss. I don't personally care for his stuff much, but when he passed in 1991, there were over 600 million copies in 20 languages of things that he had written. But I do like something he wrote that's called Happy birthday to you. Here it is. If you'd never been born, well, then what would you be? You might be a fish or a toad in a tree. Or worse than all that, you might be a wasn't. A wasn't has no fun at all. No, he doesn't. A wasn't just isn't. He just isn't present. But you, you are you. And now isn't that pleasant? 
Today you are you, that is truer than true. There's no one alive who is youer than you. Shout loud, I am lucky to be what I am. Thank goodness I'm not a clam or a ham or a dusty old jar of sour gooseberry jam. I am what I am, and that's a great thing to be, so I say to myself, happy birthday to me. There's a lot of truth in that. But hear me this morning when I say your life is not special because you're not a clam or a ham or a jar of gooseberry jam. Your life is special and valuable because it came from our Creator. The Lord Jesus Christ, by whom everything was made and for whom everything was made. Did you know that many consider suicide because they don't highly value their life or consider who gave them life? Did you know many experiment with drugs and immorality because they don't value their life or consider who gave them life? Did you know those who believe in the evolutionary lie that their life is an accident and don't believe there's anything beyond this life? What a tragic way to live. I've got great news for every person within the sound of my voice. Complex proteins, amino acids, and the genetic code that is the foundation of all life did not assemble themselves. None of our lives are an accident. You might have been unplanned, but your life is not an accident. God gave you life. God gives you life. You would stand, please, this morning, if you're able to stand in honor of the Word of God. Top of my thought this morning is the way to find life. The way to find life. John chapter 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Thank you, might be seated. We just read together one of the easiest to understand and most powerful sections in the Word of God. Words inspired by the Holy Spirit and preserved for us. Words written with the human pen of a man named John the Apostle. A man who was there when Jesus was hungry, thirsty, angry, tired, and mistreated. A man who not only knew the public statements and public deeds of Jesus of Nazareth, but he knew his private life. You see, people who only see public snapshots of our life might think more highly of us than those who spend a lot more time with us in private. The best from among men is still a man at best. But Jesus was more than a man. In fact, He didn't begin to exist in the virgin womb of Mary. He existed from the beginning before time began with creation. Verses 1 and 2, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. You see, before there was a sun and moon by whose movements we measure time passing, time didn't exist. Jesus, even though time did not yet exist, was both with God the Father and was God Himself. He is God the Son. He was God manifested in the flesh when He walked on this planet. 
Now you might be sitting here or listening to me in some other way, and you might be thinking that it really doesn't matter if you believe Jesus Christ to be the Son of God or not. You might not. You might think it doesn't matter if you fully recognize His deity, but you'd be mistaken. Jesus is the one who said, if you believe not that I am He, ye shall die in your sins. In John 8, 24. You see, if there's any doubt in your mind as we read about the Word, capital W, about who He is speaking, He makes it incredibly clear to us in verse 14 when He says there, and the Word, capital W, was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. See, I hope you grasp the significance of what John writes here. Just imagine trying to tell the spouse of the very best person that you know their God. They would very quickly say to you, you know what, I know them a lot better than you, and trust me, they're not God. But hear me when I say John uh, saw what Jesus did. John heard what Jesus said. He saw Him in public and private, and he walked away from everything he had seen, from being with Him basically 24-7 for three to three and a half years, and he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But it isn't just that Jesus was God and with God in the beginning. Notice He was the one who made everything, nothing was made that is made without Him. In verse 3, all things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. He is the Creator. He was the instrument in the hand of God the Father when He created the heaven and the earth. It was by Him that the galaxies, the stars, and the planets were thrown into their orbit. It was by Him, it was He who formed the dust of the first man from the ground, and He who breathed into His nostrils the breath of life, and it was He who caused Adam to become the first living soul. It's because of who Jesus is and His role as the instrument of His Father in creation that Paul said in Colossians 1.16, all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. All things were created by Him and for Him. Jesus has no equal. Muhammad, Confucius, Buddha, and the founder of any religion you can name is not worthy to unlatch any one of his sandals. They're not worthy to stand on the ground anywhere near his person because wherever he stood was holy ground. Though you might not have thought through the biblical doctrine of the Trinity... That we have one Creator who is manifested in three separate and distinct individuals, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, understand that God, the Father, Son, and Spirit are the same essence, just like water is H2O, whether it is solid or liquid or vapor. And if you're getting the idea as we think about what John said about Jesus, if you're getting the idea that it was a big deal for Jesus to allow man to nail Him to a cross and stay there, you're getting the right idea. If you get the idea that it is a big deal for anybody to reject the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior and decide after He's Savior to say no to Him as Lord, you're getting the right idea. 
But it isn't just that Jesus was the instrument through which His Father made everything, that He is our Creator. Notice, He's the source of all life. Verses 4 and 5. In Him was life. And the life was the light of man, and the light shineth in darkness. And the darkness comprehended it not. Did you notice the simplicity of the great statement made in verse 4, all one-syllable words, in Him was life. And the life was the light of men. See, as science has advanced over the years, we've learned just how complex even the simplest life forms are. Complex proteins, amino acids, cell structures, and a genetic code that not only make it all function, but allow it to reproduce. Hear me when I say that it takes way more faith to believe that all of life with its incredible diversity and complexity and interwoven dependence happened by accident than it does to simply believe the obvious that God created everything, that God is the source of life, and that in Jesus Christ is life. Man has on many occasions selfishly and proudly taken life, both from adults and babies in the womb of their mother. And though man can take life, man cannot give life. Man cannot start life. At very best, man can prolong life that already exists. Man cannot even give a moment of life after the moment that our Creator says their life is done. Man can take some things that God designed to start life and make fruitful life in an unfruitful womb, but understand that man cannot start with nothing or even start with the basic chemicals of life to produce life on his own. Life has always been the gift of God. Life has always been only in God, our Creator. And in describing The Lord Jesus, John said, in Him was life. And the life was the light of men. In the simplest words, all one syllable, the Holy Spirit makes sure we understand that Jesus Christ is the source and sustainer of all life that has ever existed. And so what I'd like to do for a few moments is just preach about, make some observations and applications of Jesus Christ being the source and sustainer of all life. Please first turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. By the way, I did not say I understand why God allows life in some places and not in others. I don't understand that. I don't understand why God allows some lives to continue and shuts other lives down. I don't understand that. But I do believe that all life comes from God. In Christ is life. Here's number one this morning. Jesus Christ is a source of eternal life. He is the narrow way to find eternal life. Notice what Jesus says here in Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse 13. He says, enter ye in at the straight gate, For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be 
that find it. We read how John said of Jesus that in him was life, and here Jesus tells his disciples that the way is broad and the gate is wide that leads to destruction, and many go in that way. In verse 13, straight is the gate. By the way, notice that's not G-H-T. So that doesn't mean it's lined up. S-T-R-A-I-T means narrow. It is a straight gate, a narrow gate. There is a wide gate and a broad way that leads to destruction, and we'll talk in a moment about the other narrow gate. See, most of the world as a whole is not looking to Jesus Christ for eternal life. Most of the world looks to their own good works. They look to their own religion. They look to their own view of the world, and because the majority of the people around the world are walking on that same broad way and wide gate, they just assume everything's okay, and they have no idea they're on a broad way to the fires of hell. By the way, if you're here and you're a Christian, you might not have thought that through, but understand, because many are going in that wide gate, that ought to be a great motivator for you and I to be witnesses for the Lord Jesus Christ. There was a day not too many decades ago when the gospel of Jesus Christ and salvation by faith was common knowledge in America. Listen, but in our day, the mission field of people without Christ, it's in our own backyard. See, those without Christ are just in the 1040 window of North Africa and Asia and the Middle East. Listen, all around us here in America in 2023, our family, friends, neighbors, fellow students, classmates who don't know the Lord. The average American has little or no idea of Bible basics. The average American has created a idolatrous Jesus in their own mind who is this effeminate, long-haired Jesus who just smiles and pats everybody on the head and says, I love you, man. Do whatever you want with your life. Can I just say that view of Jesus is an idol, I-D-O-L, just as much as Baal is an idol. Fact of the matter is, as likely here this morning are some people who need Christ as Savior. And certainly among us, there are certainly multitudes of people in our lives who have no idea that they need to be born again to live forever. I pray God helps you and I to be a faithful witness to those who are on the broad way through the wide gate to destruction who just think it's okay to be that way because many others are just like them. But it isn't that just that Jesus described a broad way and a wide gate, he also told his disciples there was a narrow way that leads to life. And if you find it in verse 14, straight is the gate. Notice again, no G-H. Straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Now, I don't know what you think when you read that, but I remember for a long time thinking to myself, why does it say few find it? By the way, it's not that few find it because it's hard to find. Few find it because so few are looking. People are not looking to what Jesus said himself to be able to find life and to find the narrow way and to find the narrow gate. Most people are content in their family religion. 
They're content with a secular and godless explanation about how life started, and they don't want to be accountable to a holy Creator. Listen, the moment this world acknowledges that evolution is a lie and that we have a Creator, you have to ask the next question, what is He like and what does He want from me? This world doesn't want to ask that question. And I have to be honest with you, I didn't look for this narrow way for the first 23 years of my life. The church myself and my family attended nearly every week. They didn't preach or teach the Bible. I never one time, though, we went to Sunday school and church, and back at that time, even a non-biblical church had a Sunday night service. I had no idea that there was a narrow way and a broad way. No, no one told me about it. I had no idea I was on the broad way to destruction. No one spoke about salvation. No one spoke about hell. No one spoke about being born again. Nobody warned me about judgment. It just didn't happen. I just went on my merry way. And there was no one close to me who lived a distinctly enough Christian life to let me know that they were on a different way than I was. Now, now looking back, there were some people in my life who were genuine Christians, uh, and they were nicer than me. But listen, there's some unsaved people who are nice. There's more distinction to the Christian life than being loving and kind. Now, that's a good place to start, amen? 40 years ago, one of my college buddies changed his life. And for the first time, I became aware of the fact that there was a narrow way and a broad way. The narrow way to eternal life is Jesus Himself. He called people to repentance and to believe and trust Him. The narrow way is eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ. To humble yourself and call upon Him as Savior and Son of God. By the way, I plead with you this morning in Christ's stead, uh, be reconciled to God. Turn from your sins. Turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't take the opportunity you have this morning for granted. Don't assume that you'll get to do something later. There's a man named Robert Gary Jones. He was a sales rep for the pharmaceutical company GlaxoSmithKline. And though he lived in Woodstock, Georgia, near Atlanta, uh, he was at work at a business trip in Hilton Head, North Carolina. He was a very careful person with his health. He was age 38. He was careful about his nutrition. He always exercised. He jogged all the time. And that morning, in March of 2010, he put his earbuds in and he went for a jog down the beach. What he didn't realize is that same morning that there was a man named Edward Smith who had built a small airplane from a kit. And he was flying back with a friend from Orlando to Virginia, and at 13,000 feet, the prop came off the plane. Oil covered the windshield, making it nearly impossible to see. He was forced to make an emergency landing on the beach where Robert Jones was jogging. Because he had his earbuds in, he did not hear anything coming behind him. The plane was just gliding because the windshield was covered with oil. They didn't see anybody. And Robert Jones was instantly killed, leaving his wife and two children behind in Georgia. He was in great health. He had a great job. He had a good family. 
He was just doing life with little or no thought that that might be his last moment. Listen, we all like to think we have more time. We all want to think that we'll live to 80 or, or 90 or even then some. But the fact of the matter is, is that some of us won't. And some of us will know that our death is approaching. And others of us, it will catch us suddenly and off guard with no opportunity to change anything like happened to Robert Jones. Hear me when I say today is the best day for your salvation. Now is the accepted time. If the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart and calling you to Christ, eternal life is in Jesus Christ. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. But it is not just that eternal life is in Jesus Christ and that the narrow way to heaven runs through Him and Him alone. Please turn back a few pages to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. Secondly, this morning, because Jesus Christ is the source of all life, all life is valuable to be God, to God and should be valuable to us. Because Jesus Christ is a source of all life. All life is valuable to God, should be valuable to us. Matthew chapter 10, that's what it says in verse 29. Here Jesus says, Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? One of them shall not fall on the ground without your father, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. And for some of us, that's easier to keep track of. Verse 31, fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. See, from the life of an amoeba to the life of a person, life is valuable. From the life of a sparrow to the life of a human, life is valuable. Jesus makes note here that even a sparrow not falling to the ground without the omniscient God of heaven knowing that is no longer alive, he makes sure we understand that human life is more important than many sparrows. Though all life matters, human life matters most. It matters most because only human life is made in the image of God our Creator. Now here this morning, if you want to be a vegetarian, that's your business. But don't try to tell me that that makes you more spiritual than me eating cheese conies. Amen. Go ahead. Uh, listen, uh, Jesus ate minimally the meat from a lamb and meat from a fish. Don't, don't tell me that eating meat makes you uh, unspiritual. Again, if you want to uh, be a, a vegan or whatever you call it, those people that leave all the good things in life to other people to eat, that's up to you. All life has value. What that means, it's not okay to just wastefully and carelessly kill animals and leave them with no purpose for taking your life, their life. It means it's not okay to take the life of another human being unless you're an agent of government or defending yourself. You see, most people in our world today value human life based on how helpful and productive it is to society. But human life isn't valuable because it's productive to society. Human life is valuable because it has great value to our God who gave it. 
Whether the survey is accurate or not, I don't know. But allegedly, they surveyed a bunch of people as to whether if they had, uh, could only save one, whether they would save their pet or their neighbor, half of them said they would save their pet. So, oh, that's so good that people love their pets. And you're so silly to so lowly value human life, regardless of how much you love Fifi. Devaluation of human life fuels suicide. It's Satan that tries to convince someone their life is not valuable. Devaluation of human life fuels drug traffickers and fentanyl producers because money is more important to life than life to everyone involved. Listen, if you're here this morning and you think so little of your life that you would do drugs you know to be bad for you or live in a manner that treats your life as if you have no future, you're being deceived. Your life matters. There's a story told about a speaker who was at a convention and he, to make an illustration, he took out a $20 bill and he asked the audience, how, how many people would like this? Would any of you teenagers like that $20 bill? Lift your hand if you like the $20 bill. Obviously, a lot of people lifted their hand. Well, he took the $20 bill and then he crumpled it all up. How many of you would still like the $20 bill? Well, that day they lift their hand too. And then he threw it on the ground and he stomped all over it and he made it dirty and cruddy and then he held it up again. He said, how many of you would still like that $20 bill? He said, that bill doesn't have value because it's clean and crisp, unbroken and untattered. It has value because it's a $20 bill. Listen, your life does not have valuable to, you're, you're <laughs> a little slow, Josh. <laughs> hey, I almost went myself. I got that out of Sharon's purse this morning, so it's all right. Hey, hey listen, your life doesn't have value because you've kept it clean. Your life doesn't have value because it isn't, hasn't been dirtied by bad choices. I, I get it. You, you might do some things in your life that in some ways they, they make your future more difficult. They make some things that you might have been able to do that you can't do anymore. But understand, as long as you breathe, regardless of where you've been, regardless of what's been done to you, as long as you breathe, your life has value because it was God who gave it. I purposed in my heart a long time ago, I will never vote for a person from any party who is a baby killer. Life has value. I'm glad that no matter who I talk to, whether they're having their lunch in a brown paper sack sitting in a gutter, or whether they have PhD behind their name and think they have it all together, I'm glad that no matter who I talk to, I can look them in the eyes and from my heart say, your life matters. You are alive for a reason this morning. God gave you life. But it's not just that all life is valuable because all life came from God. Life 
never did come from a puddle of glue of goo and a strike of lightning. Never. Lastly, go please in your Bible to John chapter 10. In him is life. Life is the light of man. I said Jesus Christ is the narrow way. He's the only way to have eternal life. I said secondly that all life is valuable because of its source. All life is valuable because it comes from God. In Him is life. Lastly, this morning, Jesus Christ offers abundant life here and now to those who follow His plan for life. Jesus Christ offers abundant life here and now to those who follow His plan for life. Notice what Jesus says here in John 10.10. He says, The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. You know, a lot of times we don't think through that statement and we wrongly assume that when Jesus is speaking about abundant life here, He's talking about Eternal life, he's not. By the way, how can eternal life be a more abundant? It's already eternal. He's talking about our life here and now. Let me ask if you're here this morning and you're saved, are you living an abundant Christian life? Do you have a reasonable amount of joy and peace and satisfaction in the way you're spending your life? Listen, I get it. Life is hard for all of us at times. At times, there are dark seasons and deep valleys and the tunnel, the dark tunnel with the light at the end of it just seems so far away. I, I get that. I, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you as a believer in Jesus Christ. You should regularly have joy and peace in your life. You should be abundant. And sadly, far too many people are alive but they're not really living. They are not finding very much peace and joy and purpose in the way they're living. Of course, you know, we understand this when someone has not repented and they've not received the Lord Jesus Christ. We understand why they don't have abundant life. We get that. But do you know, uh, it is believers in Jesus Christ who already have eternal life that Jesus wants to give you abundant life here and now as well. You see, having Jesus in our life is not just bring us life when our life here is done. He brings us abundant life here and now. Amen. And unfortunately, a lot of Americans are really dissatisfied with the realities of life sober. They seek satisfaction and joy in alcohol, pot, drugs of all sorts. Hear me when I say abundant life does not require altering our sober mind to find it. What a tragedy to drink alcohol to find what is called fun. To smoke weed to find what is called peace. What a tragedy to think your only value as a young lady is in being a boy toy or that your great accomplishment as a young man are your immoral conquests. What a tragedy that Sunday through Thursday is only endured because of what people think they're going to get to do on Friday and Saturday. 
Hear me when I say knowing and following Jesus Christ. It is not intended to be a drudgery. It is not intended to be a joyless, peaceless, satisfactionless life. God intended the opposite. I didn't say it's easy to be a disciple. I didn't say it's easy to be faithful. I said that when you choose to live like Christ taught us to live, He intended your life to be abundant. You may never even have heard this before. But Jesus doesn't just have a plan for salvation. He has a plan for life. A plan to emotionally enrich and fulfill every faithful believer who looks to follow him and serve him the way he's asked. Hear me when I say no one, not even a Christian, gets to determine what kinds of things God uses to give them an abundant life. God determines that. I hope you understand this morning is not whether or not the world and its activities have anything to offer. If you're an adult and you're telling your kids this world has nothing to offer you, you're not leading them right. Listen, the world does have some things to offer. It just offers an inferior product. The, the issue is not, is sin pleasurable for the, a season? The issue is not that there's no satisfaction whatsoever in riches or in things or succeeding in life. That's, that's not the issue. The issue is whether the peace and success and satisfaction that Jesus Christ, is it better and longer lasting than what the world offers? That's the issue. Is the issue, the issue is this, a hundred years from now, Will you be glad you spent your life the way you're spending it now? The issue is not what it produces in the next two hours. You will not find more abundant life digging deeper into yourself. You will not find the best you looking inside yourself. You will find more abundant life bringing the things of God into your life. <laughs> By the way, that's how you find the best you. Listen, if your attitude is that, well, I just got to be me. I've got to find my heart. I got to follow my own will. I mean, understand that you are following a fickle, poor leader. The average person looks into themselves to find themselves. And what I'm saying to you, why don't you look to Jesus and bring as much of Him into your life as possible? And that's how you find the best you. Amen. You're alive. You're here. Amen. But are you living while you're alive? Do you have an abundant life? Listen, I get it. I have them too. Valleys, disappointments, dark times, times when I struggle, I don't know what's going on. Listen, we live in a broken world. We have a fallen nature. There is no way to escape some measure of that stuff. But I think I can speak not just for myself, but for anyone here who knows Christ and really tries to follow Him with sincerity and in truth, that I have a deep satisfaction in my heart and peace 
this world cannot give and it cannot take. There's no life in a bottle, a joint, a line of coke, or the smoke of crack. There's no life in immorality, selfishness, pride. There's no life focused on this life. Teenager, there's no life rebelling against your parents. Married person, there's no life cheating on or shutting out your spouse. There is life in the things that God ordained life. Relationships. Loving, kind, secure relationships. There's life. There's life in humility. There's life in loving others. There's life in the scriptures. There's life in prayer. There's life in a biblical church. There's life in doing the ministry God designed you to do. But most of all, there's life in Jesus Christ. In Him was and is life. You quietly stand.